This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you in part by the Peacock and Williamson Show. Hosted by NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, you can get the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move made. Check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Wednesday, June 16th. We are on our summer schedule uh, starting this week on the Locked on Giants podcast, meaning we are coming to you three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And of course, today being Wednesday, that means it's time for a new show. And as I mentioned back on Monday, I'm going to be talking with my good friend and my colleague over at Locked on Patriots, Mike DeBate. And uh, Mike and I kind of decided to get together to do a show because the Giants and the Patriots this summer will be scheduling a joint practice. Now, you know, you're probably saying, well, so what? That's still down the line. But we figured we'd get together because of the history between Joe Judge and some of the players and whatnot. So we thought it might make for good discussion. So that's going to take up part of today's podcast. And folks, before uh, we jump in with Mike debate, just want to urge you, stay tuned I've got a huge announcement. I've got a very, very special guest that I will be interviewing. He will be on the show Friday. This is a guest and a show you will not want to miss. And I will tell you about that a little later on in the program. Trust me, you will not want to miss this guest. I'm really excited that I'm getting an opportunity to have this gentleman come on the Locked on Giants podcast. So stay tuned for that. All right, folks, let's jump right in and let's bring on Mike DeBate. He is the host of Locked on Patriots. He is also the new site manager of the Patriots Maven, part of the SI Fan Nation Network, which is also where you can find Giants Country. So we're all under that SI.com umbrella. And we're going to just jump right in with questions for Mike. And Mike, my friend, let me ask you um, about Joe Judge's departure from the Patriots. Now, of course, he's been gone a year. He was their special teams coordinator for you know several years. He also took on the duties of wide receivers coach. From all I could gather, when he came down to the Giants, um, he was a very trusted lieutenant, if you will, of Bill Ch- Belichick on that staff. And I'm just kind of wondering, since he was such a big deal up there, how have the Patriots rebounded from losing Joe Judge? What have they done and how have they fared since they've lost him? That is a great question, Patricia. And look, you never really get over the loss of someone of Joe's stature. He is someone that came in, had such a command of the special teams here in New England, such a command of the players, uh, not just what they did on the field, but also a command of them, that camaraderie that you need as a special teams unit to coexist and to work. As we said in the previous segment, you have offensive players, defensive players, core special teamers that are playing alongside one another, and they all have to coexist. They all have to be a part of one cohesive unit. 
the one thing that I think has helped the Patriots uh, rebound or at least be able to somewhat mitigate the loss of someone like Joe Judge is having quality special teams players on staff. And of course, it begins and ends with the special teams captain, Matthew Slater. I can't say enough about how valuable Matthew Slater is to this team, not just from a leadership perspective, not just from an on-field prowess perspective, but from a spiritual perspective. He really does have his hand in every aspect of the New England Patriots franchise and organization. Matthew is someone that I've had the pleasure of interviewing on a few occasions. He really is one of the great guys that you'll meet in this business, in this game uh, that we both cover. And one of the things that I think uh, has helped is that he's taken the lessons that you've learned, that he's learned personally from Joe Judge, and be able to put them into action, almost taking over as a de facto coach on the field and helping players get into the right area, be in the right place at the right time. They've got core special teamers, players that Pro bowlers on the special team level, people like Justin Bethel, Adrian Phillips, who I covered in Los Angeles as a member of the Chargers. These guys just have an innate ability to be able to know where they need to be, know what needs to happen, and then go out there and do it on the field. So the competent players that they've had have definitely helped out tremendously. But I also want to give an awful lot of credit to Cameron Ashard, who's taken over as special teams coordinator for the Patriots. You can have all the great players and all of the direction out there on the field, but you need competent um, you know, people in the coaching realm to be able to bring it all together. And Cam, I think, has really followed the Joe Judge playbook, given a little bit of a you know special twist to his own strengths and his own uh, abilities. But at the same time, he's running a very similar ship to what Joe did while he was here in the Patriots special teams unit was a phenomenal special teams unit last year once again. And that's a testament to what Joe was able to build here in New England and the blueprint that they were able to follow. Gunnar Rashelski was a pro bowler last year. So was uh, punter Jake Bailey, who continues to wow, uh, you know, the Patriots fans and media alike. My colleague Alex Barth over at 98.5 The Sports Hub uh, published a uh, list of uh, Jake's hang time punts yesterday uh, out on the field at OTA. And uh, it really is uh, a joy to watch these special teams units come together so i think the patriots have weathered that storm so well because joe left them so well prepared when he took his next opportunity in uh, in, in uh, new york you know mike speaking about coaches it's long been kind of a 50 50 type of deal with bill belichick assistant coaches going on to nfl teams some of whom have had success some of whom have not we know about Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, two coaches that didn't have success. Meanwhile, Matt Brable has had success. Brian Flores looks like he's on the right track. Joe Judge, of course, looks like he's on the right track. What do you think it is about Belichick's program that sets some of these coaches up for success? And, and why do you think some of them don't find the success when they go on to become their own head coaches of another team? That's a great question, and one that I'm asked on a regular basis, and I'm glad that you did ask me this, because I'll do my best to answer it. This is going to sound like a cop-out or a dance-around, folks, but I assure you it's not. I think in a lot of ways, it's the message of Bill Belichick and how you interpret it and then how you put it into action, both in the locker room and on the field. 
Bill is a very straightforward coach to cover for a lot of the vitriol he gets in the media or about being truculent or whatever. Um, there really is a rhyme or a reason to covering a Bill Belichick team. You know that you're going to get someone that has a command of the locker room, immediately demands respect. And I get it. Some of that is from previous reputation. Uh, I guess uh, Phil Jackson, you know, in, uh, in basketball or like a Joe Torre in, uh, in Major League Baseball with Tony LaRusso, someone to that nature that already has that pedigree coming in uh bill belichick has that cachet so naturally just the name itself is going to carry that type of respect guys like josh mcdaniels or matt patricia are still aspiring to that even though they are a part of the bill belichick tree it's all about i think the right mix of getting the players that can play for you the players that are willing to play under the system that you're dictating and then also your approach your style of being able to deal with players some players take well to a heavy hand some don't you have to know that you have to have the finger on the pulse of the players that you're coaching and someone like a joe judge or even a brian flores down in miami you mentioned mike vrabel in tennessee these guys get it they understand the value of walking that fine line between being a player and a coach where that line needs to remain and where that could be crossed at times as well um there's so much that's made about, oh, this guy is a player's coach, or this guy is not a player's coach, and he's uh, you know the type of coach that the players love to hate, and they come together just to hate their coach. There has to be a blend of that. There has to be a balance between it in order to be successful. For all of the hard-nosed reputation that he gets, Bill Belichick walks that line very well. His players like playing for him. They respond to playing for him because he knows the value of remaining a, a player's coach, but also listening to his players and getting a finger on the pulse of what's um, going on in their lives and in their heads uh, when it comes to the football field. So people like Joe Judge and, again, a uh, like a Brian Flores or a Mike Vrabel, I think get it. That's not to say that Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia didn't get it, or even previously guys like Charlie Weiss or Romeo Cornell, who you know, you've known for uh, you know years as well. These guys have had varying success based on the places in which they've been really because of the players, the buy-in from management. There's a lot of different factors involved. I think if you can find a happy medium, then you're able to do it. And I think that's why Joe is having such success down in uh, in New York. And I think that's why Bill has had so much success up here in New England for the past two plus decades. There's a synergy between he and Robert Kraft. They understand one another. And the players that Bill brings in are players that he knows can handle the type of environment that he sets out. Those coaches are the ones that succeed maybe a little bit more than others that try to impose their will onto others. All right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with Mike DeBate, the host of Locked On Patriots. And we're talking Giants-Patriots joint practices. And Mike and I are planning to give you uh, wall-to-wall coverage, actually, when the Giants and Patriots have their, their joint practices later this summer. And also, you know, just an FYI for those wondering, the Giants are also scheduled to have joint practices with Cleveland. So I'm going to get with Jeff Lloyd, who is the host of Locked on Browns, and we're going to bring you wall-to-wall coverage of those joint practices as well. We have more coming up with Mike DeBate, but first, let me take a moment to tell you about rockauto.com, which is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com offers an extensive selection of auto and body parts, 
for dozens of auto manufacturers makes and models, all at competitive prices. Get what you need for your car or truck delivered straight to your door from rockauto.com's extensive and easily searchable catalog. And be sure to write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Mike DeBate. Don't forget, stay tuned. I'm going to have a big announcement coming up in the next segment as to who our special guest is going to be for Friday's show. So excited. I can't wait to tell you. I've almost decided to tell you now, but you got to wait. Got to wait. Good things come to those who wait. So let's get back to our discussion with Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots and from the Patriots Maven. And Mike, I've got to ask you about the quarterback situation. Now, actually, this is kind of a two-parter. When Tom Brady left the Patriots via free agency, headed down to Tampa Bay, a lot of people were like, okay, let's see how he and Belichick do without each other. We got our answer. Tom Brady goes down to Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. They win a Super Bowl everybody's happy, everybody's thrilled. Meanwhile, the Patriots turned to Cam Newton, the guy who, me personally, I always thought Cam Newton was more of a systems type of quarterback, a guy who can excel in a specific system. That said, when you look at Newton's first year in New England and the struggles that he went through, is it his skill set? Did he maybe decline was it he wasn't the ideal fit for what they were trying to do? What do you attribute to his struggles in that first year in that system? Yeah, I think in terms of uh, the offense that the Patriots have run, a lot of credit and the lion's share of the credit, in my opinion, does need to go to Tom Brady. I mean, he ran this offense for two decades and ran it to perfection. But there were growing pains and bumps in the road that Brady had to go through to ascend to being the Tom Brady he is right now. You look at the way Tom Brady managed a game in 2001, and it looks drastically different than what you saw in 07, where he set all the records, or now what he's doing down in Tampa Bay. So a lot of that does have to go through Brady, but there is also something to be said about the system that's put in place as well, like the type of offense that Josh McDaniels likes to run. In terms of a fit, I, I do think that Cam Newton can fit what Josh McDaniels does like to do. I think that there are elements of Josh's play calling that show that he's not afraid to get in there and mix up zone reads and put in RPOs, things he couldn't really do under Tom Brady that he now has the option to do with Cam. Obviously, Cam had some throwing mechanics issues last year. Now, whether or not that was mechanical, you can talk about foot placement, you can talk about him skipping you know, passes in the dirt. Some of that may have been due to a lack of preparation, and I don't say that negatively toward Cam. Uh, he didn't really have the time that uh, he would require to prepare and be able to run an offense that had been run so well by a different style quarterback for so long. And also, he didn't have a lot of time to learn the playbook. He came in in late June. There wasn't the benefit of OTA. There wasn't the benefit of um, mini camp and training camp and preseason games to kind of work out a little bit of the rust. This was on-the-job training. He was dealing with the players that he would be throwing to, um, you know, limited practice because of COVID-19 and then throwing himself right in there. Naturally, a couple 
of weeks go by. Looked like he was starting to get more comfortable in the offense, and then Cam has to miss some practice time due to COVID. That also, I think, had a little bit of an effect, maybe more than some of my colleagues in the media would care to uh, cater to, but it is a factor. So bottom line, I think Cam, with more preparation time this year, will give himself an opportunity to learn the playbook. I always come back to the fact, Patricia, that Cam Newton signed a very similar deal to what he signed in 2020. Limited money, uh, low years, uh, not a lot of guarantees. I know a lot of that, and his detractors will say, well, that's all he could get because he was terrible in 2020. I don't think he was quite as terrible as some people would lead you to believe. But at the same time, that also tells me that Cam is willing to once again bet on himself and prove that he still has it. One thing that you have to give Cam Newton, whether you're a fan of his or not, is his determination is palpable and it's infectious. And I think in a lot of ways, that's something that I think he's going to bring to the team this year. I look for a better 2021 out of Cam Newton than we saw in 2020 because I think he's going to be more comfortable in this offense. And he has skill position players around him now that can make plays. He did not last year. All right, Mike. Now, the Giants, Joe Judge chose the Patriots and the Browns in part to have their joint practices because he knows both coaching staffs. He knows what he's going to get. He doesn't have to worry about somebody taking shots or doing, you know, anything unexpected that might jeopardize the, um, the players. But let's focus on the Patriots here for a moment because another thing that Judge said in his uh, discussion with us in the New York media is that it's an opportunity to match his team up against other, you know, other systems, other players who run similar type of systems that the Giants might be facing in the coming season. So again, I know it's early and things can change. But in terms of matchups that you'll be looking for, you know, uh, whether it be the de- the Patriots' defensive secondary, which last year was very good against the Giants' revamped receivers, or maybe it's the Giants' defense against the Patriot offense, what are you going to be looking at or looking for when these two teams get together? Well, I think the Patriots defense this year is going to be a lot more aggressive in two things, trying to stop the run and trying to set the edge. That may mean that we may see a little bit of the Patriots defense trying to shut down Saquon Barkley, which obviously is not going to be an easy task. (laughs) And that's something that I think the Patriots will be up for. But I think you're going to see the Pats try to make that attempt this year. And what better way than to be you know, tested by one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think the Patriots, that's a good opportunity to see if they have improved in that area. I think it's also going to be interesting to see if guys like Dietrich Wise and Chase Winovich can benefit from having new faces in the interior of that defensive line. Guys like Devon Godshaw, somebody like Henry Anderson, Lawrence Guy being re-signed. This will from solidify and fortify the middle part of that interior so that way the edge rushers can break free and they can pin their ears back, try to get after the quarterback and set the edge well. Um, in terms of the defensive secondary, you're going to see Stephon Gilmore and you're going to see uh, J.C. Jackson try to mix it up and continue to be um, in the mix when it comes to wide receivers like Shepard, like uh, Galladay. I think a lot of these guys uh, you know, look for these types of battles, so you may see a little bit of a contentious uh, battle there. Wide receivers and corners like to go at it in training camp. I, for one, can't wait to see it. But I think the Patriots, first off, are going to try to stop the run, set the edge. And if they can do that, they'll know that their defense has improved from the unit we saw in 2020. 
All right, Mike, I want to thank you for that overview. I want to thank you for suggesting we get together. It's always great chatting with you. And uh, folks, be sure you check out Mike's work at uh, Locked On Patriots. You can also find him at Patriots Maven. And uh, really good guy. I am so excited to have the opportunity to to do the joint practices, the coverage of the joint practices with him. And we'll probably talk more about it as we get a little closer. But, you know, we just had to get together. We just had to, you know, kind of hash out some of the things we were talking, you know, thinking about what we might be watching and, you know, still several weeks to go. But hey, it's coming up very soon. And just can't wait for that to happen. All right, folks, we've got plenty more here on the Locked on Giants podcast. But first, all right, I was going to wait until the next segment to tell you. I'm going to tell you now. My special guest on Friday's show is going to be none other than Baldy himself. That's right. Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network will join me here on the podcast and we are going to talk New York Giants offensive line. And I am super excited to have Baldy on the show. I am a big fan of Baldy's breakdowns. I, I never miss them. And not just the Giant breakdowns. I, I look at quite a few of his breakdowns because he does such a great job. And um, I want to thank the folks over at the NFL Network, Andrew Howard, who was tremendous when I reached out to him. And I said, hey, Andrew, you know, I want to talk to somebody about the Giants offensive line. I honestly thought, that I was going to get Sean O'Hara, which I would have been happy with, by the way. I love Sean. And, you know, I figured that would be the person I would get since I know him and he knows the Giants and all that stuff. So when when uh, Andrew said, oh, you know, Brian Baldinger is, is interested in speaking with you about it, I was like, yes. So I am excited to have Baldy on the show. Um, I hope you guys are as well. And I hope that you will consider checking out the show which will air on Friday. And then one other thing I want to mention um, regarding upcoming shows, I'm going to have a giant player on the program next week. Right now, it looks like it's going to be on Monday's show. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I will tell you on Friday who the player is because I want to make sure that everything comes down and no no scheduling uh, changes. But I have been working to get a giant player to come on the program and it is a current player. So uh, we are looking to get that done. And, you know, speaking of players, I might as well just kind of give you a heads up. Um, I am also looking to speak to a former player from the Super Bowl 46 team We're going to be doing an interview, fingers crossed. I think it's going to happen, but I'm just not sure when. But uh, we're going to be doing an interview and we're going to reminisce a little bit about Super Bowl 46 in that season because, hey, it is the 10-year anniversary coming up of Super Bowl 46. I mean, can you believe it? 10 years already? Wow. It was just yesterday, it feels like, that we were covering that event. So that is also coming up. And, you know, I'll get you dates. I'll let you guys know when it, all these shows are going to be dropping once I have everything scheduled and whatnot. But that's just a, a little taste of what we've got. I told you, I, even though we're in a, in a summer schedule right now for the Locked on Giants podcast, I'm constantly looking for guests. I'm constantly looking for exciting content so that you guys will continue to tune in because I do appreciate you tuning in and and your support and uh, plenty more is coming up. All right, folks, in the next segment, we are going to talk about 
reasons why I think the Giants are going to have a good season. And I'll explain a little bit more about that segment when we get to it. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar with its nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Right now, the chocolate mint grasshopper, really good, really good flavor. Eating a delicious Built Bar is like eating a candy bar minus the guilt, as most of their milk chocolate covered bars have about 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Really a nice little treat if you need a quick meal replacement type of thing or a snack to keep you full in between meals. I've constantly eaten Built Bars and they've done the trick to hold me over in between meals or if I want to swap a meal out. Really good stuff. Um, so anyway, you can get 15% off your order when you use the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Check them out. Put your customized box today. And I believe right now they're offering a free cooler for a limited number of uh, free coolers they have available that they will send um, when you order from them in addition to your discount code. So check them out. And uh, if you like them, hey, let me know what you think. Let me know who, what your favorite flavors are, because I know I like anything with chocolate mint. So um, I was really happy to see that. Chocolate mint's my favorite. I also like coconut brownie, which they aren't making right now, but hopefully they bring it back. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on Bet Online. You can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Use our special promo code Locked On to sign up for an account and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On at Bet Online. Bet Online, your sportsbooks experts. All right, Giant fans, in this segment, I want to talk a little bit about reasons why I think the Giants are going to have a successful season that we'll see them actually challenge for a playoff berth. Now, just to give you a little bit of background on why I'm choosing this topic, over on Giants Country, I did an article um, actually based off of SI.com article, which Connor Orr, who used to be a beat writer for the, that covered the Giants, wrote an article called um, in which he basically predicted six teams that had losing records in 2020 that he predicted to make the playoffs in 2021. And one of those six teams was the Giants. And I wrote an article about that just real quick. But, um, you know, in a nutshell, Connor believes the Giants are going to challenge because they're well coached, that they have a, you know, a strong defense and, and Patrick Graham, of course, who's a rising star. Um, Saquon Barkley should be back. Um, you know, just, just little things that, that he picked up on. But I want to expand a little bit more on that and talk about some of the things and why I think the Giants are going to be um, amongst the teams that are going to get a seat at the playoff table. So let's dive into that. Okay, so like right from the beginning, you've got to start with Joe Judge. And Joe Judge, you know, if, if you've read me, if you've listened to me, you know 
that I have been very, very uh, pro Joe Judge. I just like from the time this man walked in the door and gave his opening address. Um, you know, I, I've covered a number of coaches. I mean, I remember when Coughlin came in. I remember when Magadu came in and and Shermer and Coughlin. And Judge reminded me of the same person. And that I mean, they both came in and they didn't just give you a speech. They they had a speech, yes, but they also had an action plan. So, in, you know, for example, with Judge, you know, he didn't just come in and, and give you the same, you know, generic copy, if you will. Oh, we're going to build a winning program. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All that, you know, that chitter chatter that head coaches, new head coaches generally give. Uh, what Joe Judge did is give you, you know, a commitment as to what he wanted to build, but he had a plan. And that's been the difference for this team. You know, he talked about fundamentals, he talked about team first, and he not only had this plan, but he also put this plan into action, which a lot of these head coaches, they come in and they don't do that. They just, you know, they say things that sound great, but they don't really do that. And, you know, we saw that last year with Joe Judge, how he held everybody accountable, including coaches, including players. It was team first. And, you know, if it wasn't team first, you were out. And to that end, what I really like about what Joe Judge does and what I think is going to help him really be successful, especially now that the players have gone through one year with this coaching staff, they know each other, um, they know what to expect, is I like how Judge rules that roost, if you will, not as a dictator, but as a democracy. And by that, I mean, he's constantly asking his team captains and leaders for their thoughts about, you know, what they do. For example, you know, go back to last year when they had to go out to the West Coast, you know, hey, guys, should we fly home that night? Or should we stay an extra day? You know, what do you think? And he gets that kind of feedback. And you know, when you get your feedback, and, and this not only goes for a football team, this goes for any business. When a manager asks their employers or their employees, excuse me, for feedback, they give them a sense of ownership, a sense of buy-in. And when you have that sense of ownership or buy-in, guess what? You're going to take more of a more pride in what you're doing because now you're kind of invested in that. And so the fact that Joe Judge has done that with his players and his coaching staff and and you know ultimately yes he makes the final decisions but he does so on the advice and recommendations of those around him it's not just my way or the highway and that right there is is a definitely a, a reason why I think he's going to be set up for success now obviously it comes down to the x's and o's so let's talk a little bit about that you know Patrick Graham what can I say about Patrick Graham? My goodness, when they first hired him, I did not like that hire. I'm not going to lie to you. I like Patrick Graham because I remembered him from when he was the defensive line coach here. I liked him as a person. As a defensive coordinator, I thought, you know, why? He was coming from Miami. He had one-year experience. I had my doubts. I'm not going to lie. Then again, I had my doubts when they hired Steve Spagnolo back in 2000, what was it, 2007, I think they hired him, and I wondered about him. And uh, Spags proved me wrong. So, you know, you would think I, I learned my lesson about doubting these first-time defensive coordinators. But anyway, Patrick Graham is just amazing how he comes up with, 
you know, creative schemes and personnel deployment. And you look at what the Giants have on defense and you would say to yourself, my gosh, how's he going to fit all these guys in? What Patrick Graham is just so creative and he's and I I can tell you he's working on different schemes, different ideas to get the most talent out on the field, to get the the best results possible. And all things considering folks, that defense last year finished 12th in the NFL overall. Can you imagine now that they have more pass rushers, that they have a legitimate cornerback number two? That they have, you know, more guys they can substitute in. So if they want to run a big nickel, for example, or a dime or, you know, a big dime package or, you know, a, a, a five, two, five, I'm sorry, a five, two, four package, um, they can do all this. They just have so many pieces and you just know, Graham, you know, it's kind of like the best way I can compare it is when I do an interview with somebody, I like to include every quote that I get. I don't like to leave anything on the cutting room floor because look, to me, everything is gold. Um, obviously there are some things I don't include because, you know, they don't fit or time or space or whatnot, but you find a way to include as much as possible. And that's what Graham kind of reminds me of. He's a guy who finds a way to incorporate everything he has. It's not going to be like, okay, um, you know, player X, you don't really fit into what I want to do or, you know, so maybe I'll throw you a bone here and there, but for the most part, you're not going to be part of this. No, he, he comes up with different ways and just really exciting to watch the man at work. And I can't wait to see what he comes up for with this defense. Now, let's talk a little bit about the the offense, because I know that is the big question mark with Giant fans. Daniel Jones um, needs to obviously show the Giants that he is their franchise quarterback. And I don't know why, but right now I I just have that gut feeling that he's going to step up. He's going to show that, you know, he's going to take that leap. Now, is he going to be Pro Bowl type? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be that, you know, on that level. But I'm looking for efficiency. I'm looking for a guy who is going to make the throws down the field, who's not going to turn the ball over, who's going to make plays, extend drives, who's going to be able to load the team on his back and carry them across the finish line, especially, you know, late in the game when they need a game-winning touchdown, you know, something we saw Eli Manning do so many times. That's what I'm looking for from Daniel Jones. And I think that's what he can deliver to them. You know, they've got him all the new fancy pieces um, for his receivers. Uh, He's getting Saquon back at some point. You know, you just, I know a lot of people also have questions about Jason Garrett and can Jason Garrett take advantage of all this? And I think he will be able to. Now, last year, you know, I understand the criticisms against Jason Garrett, but with that said, you look at the fact that Garrett really didn't have any firepower at receiver. You know, Golden Tate was over basically, you know, on his last legs. They lost Sterling Shepard for a little bit. Evan Ingram, I don't think they used him properly. And of course, he didn't really 
perform well with all the drops and whatnot. Losing Saquon Barkley, and I don't care what anybody says, when they lost Saquon Barkley, I think they lost a big chunk of their playbook and what they wanted to do. And then on top of that, you had an offensive line that they were still trying to, you know, solidify. So that, you know, and then throw in the fact that it was a new offense and Garrett was still trying to learn who everybody was and what they did well without having had an offseason or a preseason. And just there were so many things stacked against the Giants offense. So I think this year, now that they've had an offseason, now that they've gone through, you know, a season together, I think we're going to see a big time improvement in the offense. I think we're going to see Jason Garrett be a little bit more creative, a little bit more efficient with what he calls and the results he gets. And I'm just really optimistic about the offense and the direction it's headed. And uh, and that includes with the offensive line. I think the offensive line, um, you know, obviously the jury's still out. And as I mentioned to you in the previous segment, we are going to have Brian Baldinger on the program on Friday, and we're going to get the lowdown from Baldy on what he sees from the offensive line. But um, I think the Giants offensive line is going to be okay. I've mentioned to you that I like how they have set it up so that the starters are all young guys and the safety net are the older guys. So that's their second string offensive line. And I think they're going to function fine. So a lot to be optimistic about. Again, folks, though, I know it's only mid-June. Still got to get through training camp. We have to see who's ready, who's it, who gets injured, how do they look, how does it all come together. I know there's a lot of things we don't know right now, but as of right now, mid-June, optimism is running high. I'm optimistic, um, you know, versus last year where, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get with a first-year head coach coming in in a pandemic situation. But uh, I feel a lot better than I did maybe this point last year about, Giants football in the season ahead. And I hope you do too. I mean, hopefully we'll have many more um, positive things to talk about when the season gets rolling than we will, will negative things because uh, that that was tough for me and I'm sure it was tough for you guys as well. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, make sure you check us out Friday. We are on a summer schedule. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Friday, our special guest will be Brian Baldinger of the NFL network you know him as the guy who creates baldy's breakdowns and if you are not checking him out check him out on twitter guy does a great job and i cannot wait to uh share that interview with you all right giant fans until then make sure you have a good one stay safe and we'll talk to you soon